Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to give you a heads up that it is a thriller we are discussing, and so there's a lot of very spooky themes and some very graphic instances of violence. And so we obviously don't go into it in a lot of depth, but we just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode is a little on the spooky side and a little bit more um, somber at some point. So just so you have an awareness before you go into the episode. Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this. I'm Sadie and I'm Mar and this is a podcast where we are reading the books so that you don't have to but that you can sound smart. Come on. And well read Come with on. all of your friends and you know all the hot goss on all the newest books <laughs> and this week's book isn't a new book but it's definitely like one of the most talked about books. It's crazy. It's so <laughs> wild. And we are talking about Colleen Hoover's book, Verity. And this book was recommended to us by a listener, Soul. She wanted us to read it. She wanted our opinions on it. And honestly, I'm going to tell you that I have read this before. Okay. When it came out, at first it was released December 7th, 2018. But I didn't read it for a while because I'm a snob. And when it came out, everyone was obsessed with it. So, of course, I had to hate it. Come on. I was like, I can't read she that. She just bought the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that is so true. I literally told Mar, I was like, Mar, I joined a cult today. She's like, what? <laughs> I was like, and then held up the Stanley Cup. And if you know, you know, it's one of those that just took the world by storm. And every every girl, every, every girl ever has one. And not I was like, me. I don't want to be. Say that. <laughs> Mar does not. And I was like, Mar, honestly, I don't want to be a basic B. And she was like, Sadie. It's fine. Like I and so I was telling her, I understand it now. I get the hype. But anyway, so when Verity came out, I didn't want to read it. It's also a thriller. And so what I was very excited about was when Soul recommended this book to us. Oh my goodness. Mar does not like thrillers. I don't. She actually hates it. When we were doing the book club last year, <gasps> I would always try to get her to be open to reading one. And you weren't. No. You were like, absolutely not. And I was like, Mar, that is a huge genre that you might actually be into. But I get, I don't like horror at all. Yeah. I do not want anything about demons. I do not want Amen. anything about ghosts. I can't do it because I believe there's a spiritual dimension to that stuff. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even want to consider it like, not in the fact that it could be real, but I don't yeah. want to put that in my brain. Because then catch me the next time my cat <laughs> is staring at a blank spot in the wall. I'm like, you see a ghost. I already think that. No. <laughs> and I'm not even reading the book. So it's like, I can't handle much. So what did you think? What was your, I just need your overview feelings okay. after finishing this book. Oh my gosh. Um, I liked it. Ooh. I did. I really liked this book because I think you're yeah, sick I don't, and twisted. I'm, this <laughs> book is messed up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is messed up. I think for me, it's like I can't handle any type of story where it's like it possibly could happen to you because then it's like I'm thinking about it. I'm checking my surroundings like it just puts like this fear inside of me and I recognize that. And so it's like I tend to stay away from that because I don't want it to kind of rule my life. And it does. It's just something. It's just it's a flaw of mine. But it's just, <laughs> it gets it's, into your psyche. It gets in my psyche and it's just something I can't handle. And so it's like I was really this book is something that I guess could happen to anybody because We'll get into it, but like, I don't, it's not something that could happen to me. It doesn't feel very realistic in the sense that you could put yourself in this environment. Yeah. And if you can't, oh, then I'm sorry. Because <laughs> get, run, run, run for the freaking hills. Okay. So you actually liked it. I did. I did. I really liked the book. I'm shocked. Did because, you? Well, it gives, it's so freaking creepy. Like it's See, such a, I wasn't that creeped out. Here's the thing. You listen to it though. True. I wonder if you read it, if like the anticipation of like flipping Maybe. each page and wondering what it, but then listening to it is still creepy. I don't know how you weren't mm. creeped out. I mean, there were moments for sure, but like I'm not creeped out now. <gasps> Evil. 
I feel like it's evil. Oh, wait. There's like this test that goes around to see like how. Oh, wait. Well, you know what? I'm going to say this real quick. There's this <laughs> test that I was like watching that's like lets you know if like you're a psychotic person or not. No. And it's like, it's nothing like crazy. It's obviously not really real, but it's like how you think in these situations is supposed to tell you like if you're psychotic or not. So for the listeners, here's a question for you. And like if you get it right, just letting you know, it could be a sign that you're a psycho. If you get and it we're right. We're going to see if uh, Sadie's one. So. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You are in your apartment building, right? Okay. And it's late at night and you're walking around and you look across the street at this apartment building that's lined up right next to you. You can see across the road that there is a guy and he's standing there and he's like murdering his wife. Good freaking Like with guy. a knife. Okay. And he looks up at you and you guys lock eye contact. I literally have neighbors across the way. Why are you telling me this? Because it's not real. Okay, so you lock eye contact, right? And so he looks at you and he starts waving his finger up and down, like slowly. Kind of like like up and down slowly. And if he's doing that, what do you think he's doing? Up and down slowly? Like he's looking at you, right? You're across the you're across the way from him. You guys are having eye contact, and he starts moving his finger up and down at you. Be the freaking perv. I don't know. No. That's so <laughs> creepy. I don't I would literally be calling the cops. Like I wouldn't yes, even be sure. I wouldn't even see him doing this because but, I would already be on the phone hiding under the window. Amen, me. But what do you think he's doing though? Like, what do you think he means by waving his yes. finger up and down? And he's doing it slowly. Is he trying to put some kind of spell on me or something? No, I this don't is know. so funny. So Sadie's proven that she's not a psycho. <laughs> but for me, I I get I answer no. this in two seconds. Ew. Not because I'm a psycho, yeah, though. Yeah, sure. No. Yeah, sure. I think it's because I'm such a paranoid. No, just person. tell me what it is. What does it mean? It means that he he's counting the he's counting the rows oh to see where gosh. you're at because he's gonna come and kill you next. No. So he's counting the levels that you're you on. You need to stop. Right now, we need to absolutely record a trigger warning on the start of this episode because I am terrified and our listeners are sure to be as well. So if you guys guess that, it could be a sign. But listen. He's counting the number. Yes. And the reason floors. why I thought of that is because I am. But listen, guys, I'm not I don't want to I'm not fear driven, but I like I put my mind like in their place because I feel like it protects me. If someone did that to me, the first thing I'd be like, oh, my gosh, he's counting the stairs. He's going to come find me because I just saw what he was doing. And I would, like, bolt out of that there. That is so terrifying, Mar. Because, like, what would you do if you're a killer and you just saw someone else saw you that you killed them? Would I you wouldn't kill them show too? them that I'm counting the floors to go find them. I would just look over and be like, okay, mentally, one, two, three, four, they're on the fourth, go kill yeah, them. Yeah, but you're a killer. They get thrill. Like, they get that adrenaline Ew, rush it, from, like, it, scaring it, other people. I hate this. I hate anyway, this. so Sadie's not a psycho. I, yeah, and we've proven <laughs> that you are by your own test. <laughs> By your own test. No, I'm just smart. I'm smart. Like mm. like, not that you're not okay, smart. Okay, yeah, no, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All no, right, no, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. Sorry. <laughs> okay, walk I didn't mean it like that. No, I totally agree, dude. <laughs> Honestly, I've never heard that, and now I'm so freaking terrified. Don't ever look out your window. I'm Well, now I'm so scared because we are in that exact scenario. But our neighbors always seem nice, so I haven't oh. seen any killings. Oh, so did Verity. Okay, well, should we get into... <laughs> What a what a great segue into this book. <laughs> so, kind of the overview of what this book is is mm. this main character. Her name's Loan Ashley. 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 And she is basically down on her luck. She spent the last of her mom's money um, because her mom was in like this financial health situation. Mm-hmm. So she's basically used all her money on all these medical expenses. She's out of money and she's a writer. And so she's the book opens up where she's on her way to have this meeting, right? Mm-hmm. With like an editor and she's trying to get a new book deal. Yes. How does the book legitimately open up? What is the first thing that oh happens? Gosh. And that will give you a good taste of what this book is about. So basically she's on her way. She's like about to cross the street when she she doesn't see the accident, but she's close enough to be affected by the accident where this guy literally Well, she watches it, but she Well, no, because later she says that she didn't see it. She didn't see the accident like actually happened. She mm. just okay, okay. She was there. Okay. So she's in the moment of it happening. She didn't see it. But like it was like she sees what happens right after. Right after. Got it. Got it. Got like, it. Oh, okay. my gosh. So basically this guy is crossing the street. Right. And he's looking down at his phone and he gets hit by a car 
and the car crushes his skull. And this reminded me of that one book that we read where he was like going on a run with his dog oh. and he slipped and fell and hit the oil spill. Lessons and, like, in chemistry. Lessons in chemistry. Like he kind of died, like not in the same way, but a similar sense. And so she was like, he no doubtly was like not look- this guy that got killed was not looking up because he probably crossed the street so many times before with out any problem looking at his phone and so then what happens is she's she's covered in his blood and she like goes and i believe she sits down right yeah and a guy comes up to her and he's looks he's like are you hurt and she like looks up and he's like kind of examining her to make sure that she's okay and she kind of says what happens and then he takes her into a coffee shop bathroom and starts kind of like cleaning her up a little bit because she's like all traumatized obviously and he's like talking to her and like the, the thing that was weird, though, is that so this guy's name is Jeremy, who is one of the main characters in this book. OK, and so basically this is how she meets him for the very first time. He literally gives her the shirt off of his back because she's about to go to an interview. He's like, don't worry about it. Like, take my shirt. And she it kind of freaks me out because while she's in the bathroom, like kind of getting cleaned up, she like goes to take off the shirt and she thought he was going to like leave so she could take her clothes off but instead he just locks the door to make sure nobody else comes in and so she's kind of like watching him in the mirror because she has no idea who this man is like and a creep a creep a perv not really he's not but <laughs> that's well, what you would think of in would, the moment you would think a normal guy would be like hey okay i'll be right outside yeah but no for sure i but this is the thing that was like would you do that would you allow somebody else because i wouldn't i would never allow someone to lock themselves in a bathroom with me if i didn't know them i'd be terrified even sometimes when i get on the elevator in our apartment and like i'm by myself and someone seems a little bit yeah they don't live here and they seem a little bit like there was one situation where i was like oh i probably shouldn't have got on that elevator right in that moment Mm. like that was probably not a smart thing for me to do and i'm like a very i'm an overly trusting person i'm like super gullible sometimes so even for me to have that thought afterwards where i was like oh that probably wasn't my best decision no freaking way would i do that in the bathroom yeah so he's like cleaning her up basically and then she finally hears like a knock at the door and he's like oh we'll be right out so it kind of puts her at ease like okay he's not gonna hurt me and so basically they kind of start talking she's asking him some questions he he reveals that like he had just lost his daughter things like that and so she was just saying that she had never had such an intimate like conversation with the man that she just met they get cleaned up he says like hey i've gotta go she admits that her mother just passed from stage four cancer mm-hmm. like all these things he's like well i've got a meeting to go to and she's like felt ease at that and they kind of go their separate ways yep so they go their separate ways and lowen's going to her meeting and you they bump into each other again in the building yes that they go to the meeting and she's like what the heck so she soon find out that this meeting she's going to is she's hoping to get offered a contract from a publisher and just to kind of get a new writing gig. Yeah. But she finds out Jeremy enters the room, mm-hmm. which is a guy that she literally just randomly met on the yeah. street and was helping her out and basically explains that there's an author that's unable to finish their contract. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking for a writer to complete the three final books in her series. And the author is jeremy's wife yes and so basically she finds out like okay there's this guy his wife for whatever reason is like this famous author and she can't finish her book so she wants me to yeah and she starts realizing what she'll get paid and she's kind of like oh this is this is some good money Mm -hmm. so she's kind of into doing the job she accepts it and then she kind of starts looking around about his wife and finds out that she was in a car accident. So yeah. she's still alive, but his Jeremy's wife was in a car accident. And then he also had mentioned that, like you said, Mar, they both he, they lost their kids. It was actually twin girls, and mm-hmm. their names are Chastin and Harper. Yes. Okay. And they lost them within six months of each other. Yeah. And so he kind of like encourages her to take the job, and she decides to do it. Yeah. This is the all other weird part. She goes to stay with them yeah. while she writes the book. And it was it Jeremy's reason was like, hey, if you stay here, like you'll be able to look through all of her materials and have closer access to her books yeah. or what was it? So she was kind of like she was number one. She was running out of money. So she like was she literally had to move out of her apartment like that day. And she was kind of waiting for these new checks to come in because they promised her half a million dollars for writing these three last books of this, of the nine part series, basically. And um, Verity, she was a thriller writer mm-hmm. is what she was writing. And so they said he said that they picked her because like she has kind of the same genre. But to convince her, he said that Verity actually had read one of her books, which Verity was a very big writer. So this was like 
pretty shocking news, I guess, to Lowen. And she was like, he's like, she wanted to pick somebody that like she could trust and thought was like, you know, and that kind of convinced her to go. So while she's in her apartment cleaning up, like her um agent who happens to also be her ex-boyfriend little details that probably didn't matter did not need to didn't need to no. but Corey, um and he's telling her like you know i don't think it's safe for you to stay there like you don't know these people he's just been recently traumatized so many times like you just never know how somebody copes like i would just go and get what you need and leave you know and she was just like well that's my plan and she gets there and he lets her into verity's office and he keeps saying like no you're going to need a few days in order to be able to do this job well you need to get into her head and figure out who she is you know and it seems like it at first it felt like he just wanted her to stay there to like i don't know be weird but later i think we just kind of find out that like he just wanted her to do a good job and mm-hmm. so she goes into verity's office and finds something that we'll talk about but also like she realizes there's actually a lot of information to go through she needs to read verity's books she finds a manuscript that she wants to read to get inside of verity's head and so she does end up staying there uh for probably a lot longer than she was supposed to. For a lot longer. Because honestly, it starts to get so creepy. Like, and the first the first way it starts to get a little creepy is, like you said, Mar, she finds this manuscript and it's called So Be It. And it's basically an autobiographical work mm-hmm. that Verity was writing. Yes. And so in the intro of that, it talks about how Verity's like, autobiography should be she quotes ugly and honest and leave the writer exposed and so she said that's what she aims to do in this Mm. autobiography yeah so it's basically a journal kind of like a diary and so verity's like or uh, lowen's like perfect i can this will totally get me in her head as a writer so then she verity starts like this manuscript by talking about jeremy and how she met him at this like charity event when she was 22 and so they kind of are both there from like random reasons and they how did it even how did they even like first meet it was like yeah she was there so she was in this manuscript she writes that she was there to just kind of have sex with rich people oh. <laughs> it's what she, it was her goal she was there to you know to she was there to get down she was there to get down with the wealthy yes the mm-hmm. wealthy and so mm-hmm. she looks across the way and she sees jeremy right and she like turns around she's sitting at the bar and he comes up to her and he puts his hand on her shoulder hmm and he, she's like, he goes, he, she thought that maybe he was going to make a move on her, but instead he just, just looks at the bartender. He goes, she'll have water for the rest of the night. That's so crazy. Yeah. And she's like, um, she's like, excuse me. No, <laughs> she's like, I can get as many drinks as I want. <laughs> so I don't even know you. Yeah. But then, so then they spend basically a three day like blitz together when mm-hmm. they don't leave his apartment, which kind of gives you an indicator of like it's just a very fast whirlwind like romance like yeah. they're just kind of really into each other, and so they keep kind of she keeps reading along like Lowen's reading along in this autobiographical work at the same time she's mm-hmm. living with Jeremy and Jeremy yeah. also has like a five year old son named Crew right yes and so they're kind of existing she's going through these times of like reading the manuscript working on stuff and then going back and so she keeps kind of reading this manuscript. And they talk about they'd been together for about two years. This is Verity and Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So she's Lowen's reading this autobi- autobiography. And they Jeremy gets sem- like sent to Los Angeles for work. And so Verity's feeling like really sad. So she starts to write to pass the time. And after a few months, she's kind of like writing this book. She comes up with a book and Jeremy comes home and he's like, oh, my gosh, this is really, really good. And then he proposes to her. Yeah. He's like, wait, you have talent? He said engaged. He's like, I didn't know I this boy. I think he was going to propose either way. Like, but it's literally like, it's just so neither funny. of them had money is what they found right. out. He was not a rich man and she was not a rich woman. No, because they, they both were at this charity event thinking they were all like, oh, why are you here? Yeah. Why are you here? And like, I think Verity had like stolen an invitation. Yeah. And Jeremy was like the office cleaner or something. Yeah. Or maybe flipped yeah. or something like that. Um, And so, but they get engaged and then Verity gets pregnant. Yes. The two twin girls. Um, and what we said, was it Chastin? What's her name? Uh Chastin. Yeah, I think so. Chastin. Something like that. It's a, it's a different name. It is it's more unique. Yeah, it's just, so Chastin and Harper, she gets yeah, Chastin. we find out mm-hmm. through the manuscript that while they're reading, right, is she finds out uh that she that Verity's mind is not so different from the books that she writes. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times, as an author herself, she understands that what you write is not 
who you are. And she mentions that when um, Lowen with her boyfriend, the reason why it didn't work out is because Corey read her books and he fell in love with the person that she was writing about, but it didn't match to who the author actually was because she was just writing a story. And so she comes to find that the way Verity thinks in her personal life based off of this autobiography is the exact same way that she writes her thriller books. And she comes to find out that when she finds out she's pregnant with these twin girls, she is actually devastated. Yeah. She is not happy about it. We seem to find out that she is kind of obsessed with her husband in probably a way that's not healthy, right? Because we're all obsessed with our husbands, but just not in this way where she she didn't want to share them. No, she literally wanted to be the only thing that he cared about. Yeah. And he, she ended up asking him one day, she's like, are you like, are you going to love these daughters? And he's like, yes. And she's like, more than me. And he says, he says, well, of course, like, I'm going to love these girls. But that's, that's also something crazy. I wanted to know what you think. Cause I still think you and your spouse have to take priority of your kids. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if your marriage is secondary to like your love for your kids and caring for your kids, that's not like a good dynamic, Mm-mm. but it's so easy. I'm sure to mm-hmm. like be obsessed with your kids and kind of like change all of your attention and time and yeah. energy and everything towards your kid but then you don't even realize at the same time your relationship with your spouse is like going down so yeah. if she if, if joel literally told me he's like no i'm gonna love my kids more than you i'd be like mm. um what was the love that brought them here in the first yeah. place like, i definitely think that there's a healthy way of doing it of like, especially if you're a christian it's like god and then like your spouse and then your kids because if you don't have a healthy marriage you don't have a healthy home right and then you don't have healthy kids right so, so a little bit of me was like, Verity, I understand you, girl. Uh, if yeah. you got told, no, I'm going to love my kids more than you. Yeah. I'd be like, um, what, can you just say you'll love us all the same? Like, yeah, for <laughs> like sure. can you just say your heart will grow? Her thought process, though, after that, though, is still like so over excessive based off of what he said. So, sad, so like, though. so basically she is like, you know what? If he's going to love these kids more than me, well, then I don't want them here. Yeah. And so, and this part was just like so selfish, just so selfish. She ends up trying to abort her kids mm-hmm. on her own. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even go to like a clinic. I don't know what the time was set in this place. You can just use your imagination. With you, how. Yes. And she, but it doesn't work Mm-mm. and she's super devastated. And so, what happens when, like, they're at the hospital and, like, these girls are born? Do you remember? Um. Well, when sh- they were first born, like, one of them come- comes out with, like, a scar. Yes. They're both born. And the little scar is kind of, like, it's a... What happened with the scar was it was her attempt yeah. of trying to abort this baby, but she was trying to hide that from them. And he, Jeremy was super concerned about this scar. He was like, what does it mean? Is it something deeper? And the doctor was like, no, sometimes twins, like they're so close. They could scratch each other. Like, I don't think it's anything. And so she's like, phew, like I got away with it, you know, and automatically there's this detachment from these girls. And isn't there, isn't there, she seems to love one of them more though. Only though that it took a long time. It took a long time. But she, once she also, she tries to kind of plant in Jeremy's mind that one of them has Asperger's. Asperger's. And that's the one with the scar. Yes. Right. So it's like years. Yeah. So like years down. This is the crazy part, though, yeah. is like through that, she brings the kids home, right? This part I could not fathom. And this is part was that was freaking me out. She did not want to have these kids so much that whenever Jeremy would leave and yeah. go to work, she would unplug the monitor, go back into bed, put headphones on so she could not hear them screaming in their cribs for the whole entire day. Right. And then before he would come home, she would give him a bath, she'd give him a bottle, and then she'd lay him back down in the bed. So he, And they would fall asleep because they were exhausted from screaming all day. So Jeremy would come home and be like, wow, like you did such a good job today. Literally horrific. She did not, she did not want these kids and she no. hated them. No. She hated them. No. It, it's so it's so disturbing like i i can't imagine having like depression or postpartum like hormones in that way where you like really have a hard time and i i think that's like a whole different story this yeah. is like to the extreme right mm-hmm. this is like horrific like yeah. i mean this is thriller level this yeah. is why this book is so spooky and so she actually very has a dream when she's like the girls are six months old. She has a nightmare and she dreams that the twins are eight or nine and she watches Harper smother Chastin with a in pillow her dream in this dream. And so when Verity wakes, she's like actually kind of sad that she has this really like this heartache about Chastin being dead. And so this kind of starts what we're talking about of like this. She kind of starts preferring Chastin over Harper. Mm-hmm. And so later she's like hearing um, her crying and Verity was like 
gonna go like take care of her but she's bummed out when she finds harper crying and not yeah. chastin and so then she starts to wonder if her dream is like warning her that harper would do something to chastin mm-hmm. and so she starts thinking about this is i can't even she starts thinking about how she would like eliminate harper essentially yeah. like so she would just have chastin yeah one baby yeah I can't even. That's why I'm like, this book gave me such the creeps. It made me actually extremely sad because I was like, this woman is selfish. First of all, when it comes to postpartum depression, it's something that you deal with. You need to get it checked out mm-hmm. because it is something that very well can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. And there are different levels. This is an extreme level, but it is very possible that this woman just has postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And it's like there are ways to like help that because I've heard many stories of women neglecting their children right so if puts harm on their children because they feel so detached with reality Mm -hmm. that they're not caring for them but this is just another level because she's literally holding chasten even though she's not the one crying she's holding her and she's just like trying to get all the time she can because she just had this horrible dream and in her mind she's literally like telling harper like will you just shut the f up Mm -hmm. i'm trying to spend time with my baby Mm -hmm. she's like my baby as if harper's not also her baby yeah It's so crazy. So at the same time that Lowen's like learning all of this information, she's living at the house. So at at one point she'd gotten a call that she'd been evicted from the property she was at. And so um, Jeremy had overheard that and he was like, okay, you can just stay here. Yeah. So she's staying there and then they kind of build this like romance at the same time. But something I think we forgot to mention is the fact that Verity is literally in this house with them. She's living there. She's living there, but she's unresponsive and uncommunicative. So mm-hmm. she's kind of like just living and laying in this bed. She's paraplegic. Is that the word paraplegic? Paraplegic. Paraplegic. She's no, paraplegic. Wait. She can't move her legs. She can't walk and she can't talk. Yeah. And they said that like her brain was affected too in that way. Right. So she's just laying there, but she's alive and she, so she's in the house as well. Mm-hmm. And so kind of like as Jeremy and Lowen sort of start building this like, interest in this romance a little bit like she starts having really weird interactions where she starts thinking she's seen Verity move or she's hearing something when Jeremy's gone and so one of the instances she thought she saw her in her doorway like Lowen thought she saw Charity in her doorway or Verity in her doorway and so she gets basically Jeremy offers to put a lock on her door well wait you gotta tell okay 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 okay. good Okay, well, okay, wait, we got to back up just a little bit because the first time she starts getting suspicious, right? She's like, she's reading this manuscript and she's like, okay, this woman's a horrible being, but at least she can't do anything now, right? And so she hears like a cry from upstairs when Jeremy's gone and it's crew up there and he's like crying and she goes into the room. He's in the room with Verity and he's got like a cut on his chin and there's a knife on the floor. And so she takes him into the bathroom and she's whopping him off and she's like, did you cut yourself? Like, why'd you have a knife or whatever? And he says, mommy told me not to touch her knife. Mommy, meaning Verity, meaning the woman who's supposed to have brain damage, who can't talk and who cannot walk. Right. And so she starts to get a little creeped out because she goes, she just asked him, she's like, do you talk to your mom? But before she gets the time to like, he gets the answer. Jeremy comes in and she's like, he said there was a, there was a knife on the floor. I saw it. And he mouths to her to like, go get the knife. And she goes into this room, right? Where Verity is sitting there staring at her and the knife is nowhere to be found. And she knows there's a knife. She looked underneath the bed. She looked all around the floor and the knife is no longer there. And so she starts to kind of be like, oh my gosh. Cruz said that she, he talked to his mom. There was a knife because I saw the knife. Mommy told him not to touch the knife. And now the knife is no longer there. And so between her reading this manuscript and her, this interaction with Verity, and she watches Verity, like, watch her. And it freaks her out and she leaves the room and she shuts the door. But then she's still not convinced enough, right? And so they're spewing this romance, Jeremy and Lowen, right? They start going at it on the chair. Oh. I hate it. And she looks up. And mind you, throughout this time of her saying, she used to hear at night, like, light footsteps going up and down the stairs that she knew weren't Jeremy's or Cruz. And she was always, but she had a lock on her own door because she deals with, what is that, sleepwalking, right? Mm -hmm. So basically, but she hears it and she always wonders, like, if it's Verity. And then that night, she's in the heat of the moment with Jeremy. She opens her eyes and at the top of the staircase is Verity standing there, staring at her, her, her hands, like, 
in fists because she's so angry. And then she watches her walk back to the room and she starts screaming Verity's name. She goes, Verity, Verity, Verity. And Jeremy's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I should have made a move on you. I mean, she's like, no, Verity was at the top of the stairs. This woman is faking it. This woman's alive. She's like she's alive. very much like aware. Yes. Everything's happening. Yep. And so they go up to the room and they check and she's just there in the same position. And she's like, oh my gosh, like I'm so sorry. Like she's finding her thinking that she's crazy basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why she puts the lock on the door. That's why they put, yes, because he goes back to her room and she's like, listen, like I can't. I can't go to sleep. I can't, I can't go to yeah. sleep. And so he was just crazy. He really does love people well because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to put a lock on Verity's but door to keep you at ease. No, not on Verity's door. On Lowen's door. Yeah, but he puts one on both. Oh, does he? So the reason why he puts one on Lowen's door is there's always one on the inside because she sleepwalks. And there was one time where she woke up and she found herself in Verity's bed. Oh. Sleeping next to her. A woman. Literally. Who seems to be lying. Alive and well. Sleeping next to his wife's, his husband, her husband's mistress. I cannot fathom waking up in someone else's bed. Like literally imagine yourself, Mark, like being a sleepwalker. No terrified can you imagine waking up even in just a different part of your house yeah like if you woke up and you were in a different room no and she had the type of sleepwalking where it was like extreme and i've heard cases of this where it's like they cannot remember what they are doing and so after that happened she goes she walks out in the hallway and jeremy's there he's like what are you doing in verity's room because she never told him about the fact that she had sleep like the sleepwalking problem Mm -hmm. so that's why he puts one on her door so that way she could never even leave but did you think that that was sus at all what that he put a lock on the outside of her door did you ever think that that was weird i didn't think it was weird only because it was after she told him about his problem because he was weirded out when she asked for one on the inside of his door because he's like i thought you were afraid of me so of course i wanted to accommodate you and not think that something's gonna happen to you but the outside one he asked he's like would it help if i did that he literally said if you need out you text and call me i will be there in literally two seconds to unlock the door you know i don't think it was weird just because of how extreme it was. And for me, I think I would want that if I knew I couldn't trust my con- myself sleeping. That's true, actually. If I really was like, I don't know where I'll end up if yeah. I was going somewhere else. Yeah. At least I know I'll stay in this room, especially after waking up in that woman's bed. No, you better lock me in here. Honestly, so terrifying. I would have just locked her. But yeah, I guess I, I mean, I guess he should have just I would have just locked her away. Well, because she's still like she talked about how she used to like she broke her wrist once. Oh, and yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. I don't she didn't want to hurt crew. She didn't want she didn't want everybody else to have a lock on the door. Right. So she's like, put one on mine. Right. So I know at least when I go to sleep and I wake up, yeah. I will be in this room. <gasps> crazy. So crazy. And so the book kind of escalates at the same time that she's reading this manuscript. And so I guess we can just talk about like the real part of the manuscript yes. that heightens everything. And so essentially, you know that Verity is like more in love with Chastin than Harper. She mm-hmm. like has this weird discrepancy of like her kids have just been like she doesn't like Harper yeah. and she just kind of wished Harper wasn't there. Yeah. Because I think Harper also gets a lot of Jeremy's attention because she does have these learning difficulties or perceived learning difficulties. I don't think that's true. Oh, because, well, there was all the talk about how, like, he would always ask about how her stay was at school and, like, how her teachers were. And so she would, like, get more of her attention. And so Verity always was like, no, but Chastin did this today. Chastin did this. Yeah, but I don't think she had a learning disability. No, I don't think she did either. But I'm saying the perceivedness of it because he gave more attention to her because he thought she did. No. What do you mean, no? That was not my... Okay, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. So it's, it's just interesting how we both like looked at it in a different yeah. view. So for me, he was getting mad at her. He was getting mad at uh, Verity because she would only ever talk about Chasten. Right. And he would be like, you never talk about Harper. I don't remember him ever saying like, I talk about Harper a lot. I, oh, I read it like he literally paid more attention to Harper and like cared about her because she had these perceived difficulties see no at school that's so and crazy that is so wild that's so wild because i i i viewed it as he did that because he recognized that his verity would not pay attention mm. to harper and that's why he was mad that one night and she's like she's like okay why are you mad i made you a good dinner right i was getting ready to give you something good on okay. of it like <laughs> good why dessert. are you so mad and he's like he's like you never talk about harper yeah and so in her mind she's literally like crap he's figured it out that i don't like harper i need to pretend that i'm a good mother and she goes well the only reason why i only ever talk about chasten is because harper he's not she's not as smart as harper 
I mean, Harper's not as smart as Chasten, and so Harper's like falling behind, and so that and it makes him more mad because he's like, "What do you mean she's not smart?" And he's like, "She's like, well, honey, I think she might have Asperger's." But but then he pays more. He like has a soft spot for Harper because he only fe- because she doesn't pay attention right. to her, not because she showed different types of like learning things. I don't think he thought ever thought that she had Asperger's. But her teachers like she, she got her teachers to like. Okay, maybe we're maybe I'm reading this wrong. I don't know. Because I thought that I read it like she was like perpetuating this idea, like you're saying, of mm-hmm. Harper having Asperger's yes. or learning disabilities. And so he was putting more focus and attention on her and that pissed her off because she would always talk about Chastin. See, no, that did not happen until after she would only ever talk about Chasten. He got mad and about then, it. So then she kind of recorrected. She put that, she okay, put okay, that okay. idea in his head mm, of like, interesting. well, I only ever talk about her more than Harper because I think she has Asperger's. Even though I'm fairly concerned, like certain, that she did not have Asperger's. And she's like, I actually have an appointment set up for her tomorrow. And in her head, she's like, well, now I need to set one up to convince him that I care about Harper. And he goes, you think she has a learning disability? So before that, he was never paying attention to her more because he thought she was something wrong with her. He was doing it because she was never giving her the attention that she deserved. Okay, so, I need you. I need listeners. I need you to go read and oh, tell us man. what you think. Because I think we're kind of same two sides of the same yeah, coin. for sure. But yes, it that's so interesting. It still has the same outcome. Yeah, it still has the same outcome. And so basically what ends up happening is there's a day where mm. they go out on the water. Well, Chaston's already dead at this point, by the way. Oh. Yes, yeah, so Chaston has a peanut allergy. Yep. And she I got ahead of myself. It, no, it's okay. They they Chaston and Harper end up going to a friend's house. A friend's house that they've been to a thousand times and they know about this peanut allergy. And so Verity starts getting her in her head of like, I knew it. I knew she was gonna die. That was a warning. Harper did it, and she died. Because from her Harper peanut was there. Yes. Harper and Chaston were at this yes. like place they'd always been to. And so she yeah, because she hadn't seen them, she was like, Oh, this is it. This is what my dream was warning me about. Yeah. And she was convinced that Harper gave her the snack with peanuts in it when the mother of the place that they were staying out even said, like, no, I found out that the girls got up in the middle of the night and went and got snacks and they did not know that this one snack had peanuts in it. And that is how she died. Right. They fell asleep, woke up and she wasn't moving. That's how she died. But Verity was very certain that like, oh, no, Harper killed her. And so she hated her even more. And she would like leave it alone. But then there was one day where Crew and Harper, they're sitting there, they're laughing together. And she's like, it makes sense why Crew is laughing. But how dare Harper laugh after she killed her sister? Goes up to her and she goes, do you even care that your sister's dead? This is so insane. Like just em- envisioning a mother like saying that. No, you're not a mother. crazy. Keep going. She's like, she's like, do you even care that your sister's dead? And Harper looks up at her. And she's like, what? Like yeah I care like I miss her every day and like starts to cry and then she goes and she laughs at her for saying that and it upsets Harper to the point where Harper goes upstairs and she's crying and Jeremy comes down and she's like what what's wrong with Harper and and Verity lies she goes oh she's just mad because I said she can go play by the lake lies straight to him and he goes well you know what I think you should take crew and her out to the lake today because you haven't been playing with them ever since you know Chaston died and she's like and she's like, okay, like, I'll take him out there. And he leaves to go get groceries. And what happens when she takes these two out on a canoe in the lake? So according to the autobiography, so we're going to read it now from the, the, her perspective, wow. Verity's perspective. Okay? okay. So this is what actually, this is what we, we read from yes. her perspective is that they go out on the water. They're out there. They're having the canoe. They're out They're doing their thing. And don't they have, don't they, she only has one, like, vest. And no, she, puts she doesn't it on, give to either She doesn't them. give it to either of them. Okay. So they take the kids out, which is also just irresponsible. Put yeah. the vest on. Okay. They take the kids out in the canoe. And when they're super far out, she looks at crew and says, hold your breath. And they flip the canoe over. Yes. Just bone chilling. Like, if you literally think about that moment, like, envision that. That is terrifying. She looks at her little boy, says, Hold your breath, not to Harper, not to her daughter. She says, hold your breath, flips a canoe. And then she helps crew. And then she goes back, quote unquote, for Harper and swims super, super, super slow. 
And mind you, this whole entire time, Harper's gasping for breath. Yeah. And she's listening to it. She's like, here's the gasping, like, get quieter and quieter. Because, and, and crew, she takes crew to the shore. And he's like, Harper can't swim. Harper can't swim. Like, you need to go back out there. And she's thinking in her mind, she's thinking, oh, yeah, what's going to happen if he tells him that? The mother didn't go back out there because mothers would stay out there until they could find their baby. So she tells him to go inside, call your father, tell him that mommy's trying so hard to save Harper. Which is so insane. So insane. She goes back out there, right? And she's like, she yells for Harper's name, but doesn't actually yell. She whispers it. So just in case Harper like could come back up. She's like, Harper, Harper, are you okay? And then she sees that the police are coming and then she she puts on a show because she recognizes that she needs to play this devastated martyr right. ma- mother she's out there f- flashing around she's like harper where are you where are you like all this time and she does not actually care and then she sees this man jump in behind her trying to find she finds out it's jeremy yeah who is actually cares about her daughter yes chasten has been dead six months now the second daughter and she goes on the shore and she literally has this thought process of like man i hope i didn't go too far this time because she was thinking that he'd be able to recover she's like We'll be able to recover. It might be a little bit harder, but we'll be fine. And it could just be the three of us, this perfect little family. And he'll pay more attention than me. And she's like, I wonder if it's going to scar him having to pull his dead daughter's body out of the water. I wonder. Like, I wonder. Honestly, we probably should record a little, like, uh, warning at the front yeah. <laughs> at the front of this episode. Because it's crazy. Yeah. It's so disturbing. It's so freaking creepy. And so, at the same time, so, like, imagine Lowen's reading all this. Yes in the house where she thinks Verity is faking her situation. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of comes to a crux where basically, where is it where they, like Jeremy's out at the hospital because Crew had like bitten down. He'd like cut his tongue. Mm -hmm. But why did he do that? He cut his tongue because... It's crazy, guys. Because because his mom, literally, Verity, had said, what did she say? I put the note down. She said... Um, she told crew. She like, asked them about that day. So essentially, Jeremy has to take crew to the hospital because Lowen's trying to figure out, like, what, does crew know anything? Like, mm. he's trying, she's trying to figure out, does crew actually know anything? Is his mom talked to him? So she asked him, like, why does your mom not let you, like, does your mom ever say, like, not to say anything about it? And crew says that mommy said, I shouldn't talk to you if you asked me questions about her. Oh. So creepy, which kind of confirms that yes. she is talking to her son. Yes. Or or that like something spooky is going on. But this so then Lona says, Does your does your mom ever pretend that she can't talk? Which then crew just like bites down on this like butter knife. Yeah. So he's like, not saying anything. I'm not gonna say anything. And yeah. so basically draws blood. So then Jeremy has to take crew to the hospital. And so this is where I hate this part. This is so creepy. So Lowen sets up a video monitor, like, in Verity's room to see if she's going to, like, move it all. So Jeremy goes to the hospital. She sets up this video monitor and decides to finish the book. Wait, wait. wait. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. This is the part that creeps me out. Okay. This part really creeps me out. Okay. Because she gets in the car and she's like, I'm going with you. And he goes, wait, no, someone has to stay here with Verity. Oh. He's like, because we can't leave her alone. She's paralegic, whatever, you know, she's, you know. And so, but knowing this, Verity has yet to share any of this information with Jeremy, which I think is wrong. Mm. You're finding these things out. You're trying, this woman is in this house with crew, with him, a danger, right? And you're just letting it happen. So she's like, she goes back in and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm not dealing with this. She goes down to the basement, which she had been there before, right? And before all the boxes that were down there were piled up neatly. And she goes down there and they're like thrashed around. Someone had been digging in them looking for something. She finally finds this monitor. The same monitor that Verity used to turn off so she couldn't hear her girl screaming. She goes to Verity's room with a knife because she's terrified. Right? She's fully convinced. so. Yes. As she should be. She goes into the room and she sees Verity staring at her. Right? And she has her leg... Like, she's, like, halfway out of the bed, just laying there. Because she comes to find the realization that when she yelled for Jeremy to come downstairs, he just kind of dropped everything and left. And Verity was still in this position, right? She puts on this monitor, and she leaves the room, and she locks Verity in her. And she sits down there for, like, a few hours, waiting for Jeremy to come home. And she's watching this monitor, just waiting to see her blink, waiting to see her move. And she never does. 
So, but at the same time, she, she's like, I'm going to finish this book. Yes. So she's sitting outside there with a knife with the monitor, with this creepy woman. Nobody, it's so terrified. So basically in this autobiography, it talks about how after Harper's death, Verity is like interrogated by the police, which yes. makes sense because she was there and only mm-hmm. one of her could survive. But she was talking about how Jeremy's question of her was worse. So yeah. Jeremy really had like, obviously a horrible time with like believing like how could you how could crew make it out and harper couldn't like if yeah. you're both there you're both right next to each other on the canoe like how and so he asked her why she told crew to hold his breath yeah he's like why did you tell crew to hold his breath and Betty's like well no like i said it like when they were both when it was tipping not before yeah. like and she's like harper's a better swimmer and stronger swimmer so like i just told crew but she knows like it's over she knows like jeremy doesn't believe yeah. her jeremy's like not and so then she contemplates basically what ended up happening to her she in the book in the autobiography she's basically contemplating driving into a tree basically to kill herself and that's where the like script ends yes and so loan finishes reading that when jeremy's coming back from the hospital and so jeremy goes to take a shower and loan sees in the monitor verity getting out of bed yeah so she finally sees it so you're right she's like sitting there waiting waiting nothing 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 he comes back, goes in the shower. She sees her move. So she screams for Jeremy, but Verity hears it. Yeah. And runs back to bed. Oh my gosh. And so Lowen's like, no, Verity's faking it. Like she's literally faking it. And Jeremy's like, no, this is impossible. Like I've literally lived with her. Like she cannot move. She's immobile. She's like nonverbal. So then finally Lowen shows him the manuscript. So she's wait, been. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. It just adds to the creepiness. Like she got. Listen, she sees her on the monitor. She's on the floor, all fours. Also, anything moving on a monitor, unless no. it's your precious baby, where they're like giggly, laughing. No, but no. sometimes that's even so scary. <laughs> Night mode, okay? Night sometimes mode they is look terrifying. Spooky. Yeah. So I'm seeing this woman that's supposed to be paralegic on the floor, right? She's probably thinking she's going to kill Jeremy. Like, that's probably what she's thinking. She runs up there with the, like, she goes into the room, right? This is crazy. Lowen goes into the room of Verity where Jeremy's also showering. She's like, Jeremy, Jeremy. She's pulling Verity out of bed <sighs> by the legs. She's, just, so she's like, get up, get up. I know you're faking it. I saw you on the monitor. You can't fake it anymore. Get up. And so he comes out of nowhere and like basically like takes Lowen out the door. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, she's faking it. I saw it. And he thinks that she's crazy. He's like, she's not. He's like, Lowen's lost it. it. Yeah. He locks her out, right? And then, then he goes he goes to Lowen's room, locks her door behind him, grabs her suitcase, starts putting clothes in there. And he's like, you need to get out. And that's what she's like, you need to see. Before I leave, you need to read this. Because the whole time, like, as she's been learning more about Verity, she's kind of like, wait, like, should I have Jeremy read this manuscript? Mm-hmm. Like, this is basically incriminating his wife and, and, and saying, like, well, his wife killed his children. Yeah. Like, his wife killed his daughter, yeah. Harper. Like, and so she's like, is that going to add more like horror and heartbreak to his life should i just leave it like so up until this point she'd been wrestling like should i show him should i not and she hadn't Mm -hmm. and she's like okay he doesn't believe me he's like we're in this kind of relationship sort of and now he's kicking me out and like i need him to know the truth yeah so she shows him the last two chapters and so it takes a while like jeremy reads it then he's like oh my gosh i'm going to confront her right now yeah so he goes into very room and he's like demanding that she tells him the truth and she's like faking it still faking Mm -hmm. it still and he's going He's like, I'm going to go to the police unless you drop the act. Yeah. And then finally, Verity stands up. Oh, my gosh. Chills my freaking boats. She's sitting there. She's like, she's like, Jeremy, I can explain. And he's like, you killed my daughter. And then, oh, my gosh, what he does next is crazy. Literally. Okay. So, uh, so he's furious. I can't. It's so spooky. So he basically attacks her. He attacks her. He attacks her. And he said, like, crew, he's basically like, crew's not going to have a dad that becomes a murderer. So he's like attacking her, hurting her. Yeah. And Lowen's like, you need to, this cannot be like, stop. Like, you can't do this. Yeah. So then Lowen says, you need to make it look like it was an accident. Well, okay. So this is, yeah, because she sees him on the monitor choking her out. And he goes, she goes, Jeremy, Jeremy, who's not going to have a dad? Like, you can't kill her. Like, we'll go to the police, whatever. And then he looks at her. He's like, she killed my daughter. And then she's like, let's kill her the way that she tried to kill Harper. Which is when we didn't tell you this because it's so gruesome. It, it is, but we need to share it. The, when we <gasps> throw back to when she was in there and the two babies were crying and she was only holding Chaston, she tried to kill Harper, and the only reason it didn't work is because Jeremy came in and basically she lied about what was going on. But she took her two fingers and shoved it down Harper's throat. Stop, I can't trying I can't. to get her to aspirate on herself and die that way, so there was no like DNA, nothing that could go back to this 
to the uh, to the mother. And so that's what he does to Verity and he kills her. And so finally Verity is like dead. Like she's dead. she's she's dead. So they basically decide to go to bed and make it look like an accident. Like they find her the next morning. Yeah. And so then they agree to never speak about it again. Yeah. And so then the next chapter is seven months later. You guys. Okay, what I want to know right now, Mar. You okay, listeners, can you can you tell like our emotions through this recording? Like we are just like live reenacting this feeling, like all the feelings that we felt would read it. Yeah. Okay, did you anticipate this twist? Because no. there's already so many twists in this book. Did you ever anticipate the seven month twist? No. Guys, I was listening to the audiobook and I was standing in my kitchen. Literally, Hunter had to walk up to me and like put his hand in front of my face and be like, Are you there? Because I was like listening to this. And I literally was in so much shock that I like could not believe my freaking ears of what was going on. Also, at this point, Lowen is pregnant. She's also a freaking psycho. That's what I was just about to say. Mm-hmm. Keep, Go going, keep going. Keep okay, going. No, no, no. Keep going. So while they're having sex, right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> he decides to leave his babies inside of her. And instead of her, like, I don't know. I don't know if you can pee it out. But trying, like, you know, <laughs> doing all that stuff, trying to make sure that you don't get pregnant. She's like, I lean back and let them swim up to make sure that they stay Not in there. Not you saying you can pee out semen. Well, you can't. But they tell you to pee after you go sex. I think it's Well, that's so you don't get a UTI bar. <laughs> two kids not me no, you can pee that sucker out you can't pee her out you have no, two you different cannot. holes two very different holes <laughs> you're Anyways. not peeing out the baby okay um so that's a little detour but basically seven months later okay let's start with crew though oh wait oh i don't want to start okay you start with crew okay. you start with crew so basically they're all moving out of this house. They're like, we're having a new life. We're never going to talk about this again. We have a new baby on the way. Like, we're going to be our own little family. Finally, that horror is done. They moved Nobody to like a it. beach house in yes. North Carolina. So they're going back to the house. They're moving out. And basically, Crew's like, oh, I need to go get my stuff from mommy's room. And she was confused because, like, they just cleaned out Verity's room and there was nothing in there. And then she remembers Verity getting on all fours. And she realized that Verity was looking for something in the floor. And so she goes up there and she starts looking and she finds a floorboard that opens. And what is in there? She finds the knife that had once gone missing and then an envelope with a handwritten letter for Jeremy. Okay. So uh, just imagine you thought this was done, right? You thought this whole story was done. No. In this letter, Verity talks about how she basically was planning to run away with crew. She also talks about a conversation she had with her editor. So this is Verity, right? Okay. Verity's talking about, she's like, I had this conversation with my editor, Amanda, and she said that I should try out antagonistic journaling in order to help her get in the mindset of being an evil character. So the point would be to write about her own experiences as if she were an evil character. And Verity said that the more she did it, the better she got. So if you have not put it together, listener, literally the point of the manuscript ah, I can't. that Verity and, yeah, and Lone Red was a writing exercise. Oh, my gosh. Not a true reflection of Verity's thoughts and action. It is literally a like an uh, exercise of her in writing. Like Verity's trying to become a better writer. Oh so gosh. she's writing like an evil villain. How she labels this this letter to is to Jeremy. She's like, hopefully you're the one that finds this letter. You have now found out that I have left and I let, like, I've got taken crew with me. She's like, you never let, gave me the chance to tell you the truth. She's like, one night you found this manuscript after Harper's death. Meaning he had already read it, guys. Even though he acted like he never read it before, he read it. Okay? This is the part that starts creeping me but out. But he read it be- and he freaked out because he thought... He he thought exactly what we thought yes. the whole time. But he never let her get a word in. No. And she's like. Which honestly, though, imagine. Imagine you find a letter by Hunter or like you find this like basically a journal. You think it's a private journal by Hunter. And he was writing out all these horrific things. I think I you let would him f- explain. But you would. F- yes, but, I'd freak but out. But like but I chilling, like imagining. Yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. No, it makes sense. But it's also still like you, he didn't even let he, her get a word. Right. In. He jumped way too. He, he goes into the room. He when he. So before Lowen, before any of this, Harper had just died. He finds this manuscript and he reads the whole entire thing and he goes into the room and he starts choking her out. Yep. She passes out. Mm-hmm. She wakes up in a car. Her hands and her feet are bound. She doesn't have a seatbelt on. And she realizes 
that he is going to try to kill her and make it look like an accident. The same way that she wrote in her manuscript, right? So that way, if he ever needed to, he would turn in this manuscript and it would look like a suicide note. Mm -hmm. And she literally writes, but it didn't go the way you thought, did it? Because he tries to kill her, runs her into a tree, right? Not saying rightfully so, because you should never kill anybody, but because he thought that she, he read this and thought it was like her being honest about everything that ever happened. He thought she was, he found it and thought exactly what Lowen thought. Yes. He was like, oh my gosh, I'm living with a psychopath yes. who literally killed my daughter. Yes. But he never gave her the opportunity. All she got to say was like, you, like, let me explain, right? right? She survives this crash. She wakes up in the hospital room and nobody's there. And she's just thinking about how the fact she's like, I need to tell him. She's like, I never did any of this stuff. This was an exercise. I And she was even like in this letter to Jeremy. She's writing how I am offended that you would even think that that was the type of mother I could be. She's like, I loved our daughters. I loved. Crew. But she made it seem so realistic in the manuscript in the, of yes. all of the reasons like why she yes. was feeling the way she did towards the girls. Like, And so it would basically like explain everything yeah. if you will which is yeah. still horrific but yeah but she literally in this letter is telling jeremy she's like this was an exercise i took real life events and i twisted them so i could write like a villain because i am a thriller writer and she's like i'm offended that you ever think that i could do this meanwhile while she's writing this she can hear it's real time she's hearing lowen and jeremy go at it she's Ugh. like i can hear you in the other room this woman has came in she's a new writer i see that you guys are falling in love with each other and she's suspicious of me rightfully so and she's like i've been waiting to get the new money in my account and i'm going to take crew in the middle of the night and she's like you've tried to kill me two times now and i truly believe that if you try to kill me again like it'll be successful so she literally pretends to be in a coma and she's like i'm gonna pretend to be in a coma until i can figure it out and she's yes. like okay so i'm gonna write you this letter and i'm gonna run away with crew yes and she does all of this because she's afraid for her life right because he's never given her the opportunity to actually tell him that this is not real right and so in the end of the letter she says i hope she's like one day i will call you and tell you where this letter is. And hopefully you'll be able to forgive me. Hopefully you'll be able to forgive yourself. And then if it couldn't get any more wild and twisted. So Lowen finishes reading this letter and feels sick to her stomach, right? She's literally pregnant with this man's child who literally tried to also kill his ex-wife. And she finds out that Verity's innocent. They killed An Verity. innocent woman. And she's innocent. And so she basically thinks about like, oh my gosh, that also means, like you said, Jeremy already knew. Yes. Like he'd already he read the her. manuscript. So he lied to her. So then she's basically worried Jeremy's going to find out the truth. Mm -hmm. So then Lowen destroys Verity's letter. Yes. She says, this is a secret I'm going to take to my grave. So then this is what? This is like the whole pinnacle, you guys, of like how this story ends with just a mind bending twist. Basically, Lowen wonders if Verity was just being manipulative mm. with her letter. Mm -hmm. Like, did she write this letter to get inside Jeremy's head? Ultimately, she will never know. Yeah. If Verity's letter was the truth or if the manuscript was the truth. And that's how the book ends. What do you think? Can you believe that book? Like, I read this book and it is seriously, there's like twist after twist after twist. Like, I cannot fathom. Like, and it really makes you wonder. Yeah. Do you think Verity's letter of her explanation of like, no, like this was all writing exercise. Like, and then you really believed it and you didn't even give me the chance. So this, everything happened because of that. Yeah. Or do you believe that that was actually truly like Verity was psychotic and did those things and wrote about it? I think that she was telling the truth. You think Verity was telling the truth? I think she did not do any of those things. And the reason why I think so is because she literally has an alibi in it. You could go and ask Amanda, who doesn't know any of the other stuff, doesn't, I've never read the manuscript, does, nobody knows about this manuscript. She could literally, he could go to her and say, hey, did you ever give her any, like, exercises that she could do to, like, get out of this writer's box? I was just, you know, Amanda could easily not know any of that, be like, oh, yeah, I taught her this, which would be exactly what she said. You know, she, there was proof because she was going to run away. Mm -hmm. She was going to clear her name. She right. was going to get her and Cruz safe because now she thought that, like, he was a danger. And she understood it, though. But to the point where she still didn't feel safe enough to ever, like, tell the truth because she didn't want to die. She was trying to save herself. And then also thinking of Lowen, 
You psycho B. She's psycho. She's also psycho. The fact that she literally was like, no, this is how we should kill her. And then also got pregnant. Like, I'm like, and stay with the guy and all that. I'm like, no, you are your own level of crazy. You're Verity. Like, you are the Verity. She became Verity. Yeah. And I mean, like, to some extent, it's like, if I was reading this and I was in this house that I didn't know and all these things and this was going on, I would 100% believe it. I would 100%, 100% believe it. Yeah. It's scary. Verity, well, it's like literally imagine you're also at the same time like finishing these r- thriller writer's books. Yeah. So you're just like everything is creepy. Yeah. And, and you're then wrapped you, up in and it. And then you think you see this woman moving around. Yeah. And you are. She is moving around. Which also, how could she be so like, how can Verity also like wanting to be protect her life? How could she be so uh careless? Yeah. Knowing that Jeremy and Lowen are still up and goes to the top of the stairs to see them like having sex together. No. Like. Stay in your room. You know the stuff is going on. She could like leave Loan a note, but she basically like didn't think that Loan would believe her. Yeah, because I was like, if that was me, I would literally be like, oh my gosh, there's like this is my way out. There's a person here. I can yes, exactly. I'd be like like, help. I need help. Mm -hmm. I think if she would have started with that, she even writes in this letter. She's like, this new girl is here, and she's found my manuscript, and explains why all the boxes and everything are messed up in the basement. Because she's like, when everyone's asleep, she's trying to find this manuscript. She's trying to find it because she misplaced it because she can't remember it from the brain damage that she does have a little bit of and from she's the car like, crash from the car crash that was inflicted on her and because she's trying to make everything go away so that way when she leaves with crew right that it'll be a clean life no one can like suspect that she's crazy because none of it was true oh my it's so wild you guys like i don't i i'm sure you can tell through this audio like I how again i know literally i know that's how i feel too like i'm like spooked out like i'm like this is so creepy but so this was like Colleen Hoover is like one of her it just put her on the map for yes. being like the it girl of books and romance and like what? What do you, do you ever think that in this book Colleen Hoover was writing about a writer? Stop. And she literally in the book was like Stop. Sometimes writers are exactly what they write about, but we just don't think that. Do you ever think Colleen Hoover it's is creepy. writing her own manuscript? But putting it on someone else, so that way she if doesn't she have did to. though, her other books are like these like spicy romances. So she's living all sorts of lives if she, if she's writing her her true life through these books. I mean, I I think it just shows like how well like our emotional responses yes. to this book is showing how well of a plot twist this book was, how For well sure. written it was. Like I I don't know what are your like. So you didn't guess the endings. No. Was there anything that like? Would would does this book make you change your mind about reading thrillers? Wow, because you truly, Mar, like you. I, I've never met someone that's like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. No, I will not read it. No, I'm not reading it. And I've always been like, I feel like you would kind of like not the not horror again because mm-hmm. I agree with that. I don't want to read it. But thrillers are a different kind of book, and so I'm I'm very curious. So even though yes, I did enjoy this, I think it would really have to depend on the book. Because I'm very strong in that because it's like a personal conviction that I have of right. like this affects me poorly. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it. Which is wise. And I, I would never want to like encourage you to oh, do something. Oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, sure. do it. Yeah, she would never. <laughs> but I think it's like this was something that even though it was creepy and it was a thriller, it does not it's not running in my mind. It's yeah. not giving me nightmares because I know that it's not something that is realistic or could happen to me. Right. So those type of thrillers where I'm like, oh, nothing to do with me. I'm fine with reading. Okay. I'm fine with exploring, but I think so when it comes, it, okay, sorry. well, when it comes with things of like someone coming into your house that you don't know about or okay. things like that, like that freaks me out. Cause like that is something that very well can happen and happens all the time to people. Yeah. But strangely enough, if the book ends with the killer on the loose, I can't handle it. Oh, interesting. But if the book ends with the killer put in jail, I'm not scared. See, that's so funny. Cause I remember there's like, um, there was like news uh, blips coming out about mm-hmm. things happening in Washington. And our friend Annie was like telling me about it. And I was trying to share it with you. And you're like, no, 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 no. I cannot hear it. Like, do not tell me. I don't like, watch the news. No. And some people might Which, be like, that's crazy. No, I actually think that's very responsible because I think you need to pick and choose where you receive news from. And I honestly think a lot of news on television is designed in a way to like capture your attention and keep your attention. Yeah. It's not necessarily to like convey hard facts. Like, I think you should look for other 
resources. Oh, for sure. Because it's literally a, it's like a doom and gloom. It's like a scare. I hear myself to other people because some people are like, well, you need to know what's going on in the world around you. I already know that the world is broken. <laughs> I already <laughs> know that we're full of sinners. I already know what the sins are and what people commit. I don't need to know if it's happening down my street. It's really helpful to know certain aspects of world news and like local oh, news, sure, but, but church, not the like. church will tell you though. But, well, but not even like creepy news. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's like yeah. the news that is on television oh, is yeah. literally just for fear and to keep you watching. But yeah. Okay, so this book, it made you more open to thrillers? More open to certain thrillers, okay. for sure. Okay. Wow. But what about what about you? Because are you a thriller lover? Here's the thing. I really don't read this genre a lot for the same reason. Like, mm. when I read, I'm like, I would just, I read to, like, go into another world or another story or just learn new things. Yeah. Or I'm not necessarily reading to get spooked. Yeah. There are, though, a few thrillers. Like, The Silent Patient, oh, I think you would actually like. I have to remember now, though, if the killer ends up or like if the I don't even know if it's a killer I have to remember if the ending would end in a way that you'd be comfortable reading but that was like the first thriller that I read that blew my mind Mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is what good writing can do like if you read a thriller written like this I'm into it because it's it's wild like it's it's like watching a show and you have no clue what the ending is and it's just so well done but I love books because you can like visualize it all and you don't have you know someone else's image in your mind but i mean even like a even as a reread i was just like oh like because i remember telling you i was like hey we have a listener like soul's thinking that she'll recommending we should read this book but it's a thriller it's kind of creepy i remember i'm scared well yeah now i'm very curious soul's opinion because she was like i really want to know what you guys think Mm -hmm. i mean but what okay so what do you rate this Ooh, and she's a very strict raider guys well i just rate it from i guess this is this is what's weird about my rating is I look at it from like a literary standpoint. So like I'm like, did your did the characters have a good narrative arc? Mm-hmm. Like was the writing well done? Was the storyline like too slow, too fast? What kind of language did they use? Did they look at yeah. that? Like I'm literally looking at it like that. But then I also look at it from like a pure just reader's enjoyment. Yeah. Like did I enjoy reading this book? I would say like I would say literally like a four and a half because it was so it keeps you so well hooked. And I think the number of true, um, like, what is it? Twists, like plot, yeah. tw- plot twists, genuinely shocked me. Yeah. Like, I really, even if you were like, you know, it's a thriller, you're going into the book, you're like, okay, something's got to be not what it is. Like, I couldn't, I didn't anticipate all yeah. the um, twists. And I think, I think, yeah, the, the plot of like, getting to know Lauren or Lauren getting to know Lauren more and then getting to know <laughs> getting to know um Verity more yeah. like even their development as characters it's so interesting because then you think you know them and at the end of the book they're like do you actually wow. because it feels like they flipped yeah. it feels like literally the whole time Lauren's the person you're rooting for and Lauren's the person that you're scared for yeah and then it completely flips on its head where Verity's a person you feel like you should root for and yeah. Verity's a person you're scared for yeah so I don't know. I think a four and a half. I think it's a really good. I think you definitely don't need to read this again. And yes. I actually think we are going to pause and we will record a little warning yes. at the start of this episode because it For is sure. is Spookyville. But yeah. what do you what do you rate it? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. Just because like I think yes, this writer she did such a great job. I hope it's not from personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but she seems like a great writer. First time ever reading a book by her. Okay. Um, definitely <gasps> wow. the plot twists were like. I'm usually good at looking ahead, just like that psyche test. Like okay. I'm, I'm really good, like figuring things out. I'm like, oh, this is probably what's going to happen. Hunter hates it when we watch something new because I'm like, this is what's happened. I can right. see right through it. She did such a good job of making it impossible to figure out. And I just think that one last little twist at the end was such a sweet way of just being like, it's never what you think it is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Literally. Yeah. But honestly, if you like thriller, I think I would recommend it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You guys. I hope you're not spooked. This is not a Halloween episode. We should <laughs> we'll record one around then. But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked us kind of walking through this book Come a little on. bit more detailed. I feel like we literally had to live through this book again. We did, and it scared me. It scared me too. Like we're, I have to pee. We're both. Like, I know. <laughs> I'm like warm. Like my hands are yeah. sweating right now. A little but, bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
But guys, if you liked it that much, give us a five star yes. on Spotify. Yes. It really does help us out. Go to our Instagram called The Novelty Podcast. We always post on there every single Wednesday. Give it a like. Give it a follow. You really would be helping us out. And get ready because we're going to do a little giveaway on there and you don't want to miss it. Okay. So we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we will see you all again next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.